0: It's Starman's in, the morning. Starman's in the morning, like actually in the morning this time. Yeah, it is. Welcome to Starman's podcast where Welcome. we talk about um, everything in the universe mm. all at once. Oh, nope. Yep. Nope. Um.
1: I think every time we'd start, it's literally me, you saying something ridiculous and then me shooting it down.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's just how we roll here on Starman's. You're <laughs> like,
1: nope, that's actually not true. <laughs> and you're like, yes it is. No. No.
0: Okay. So anyway, um, <sighs> if you haven't already, you could check out our Patreon. The link is in our bio and all social media. You can actually find the link in this podcast if you're listening to it, you know, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. iHeartRadio. <laughs> iHeartRadio. If you're 80 years old.
1: Don't Chad's gonna be mad. Hi, hi Dad. <laughs> My oh. dad's not
0: 80, but no. he's he's getting up there in age. I think. I think he's like. Mid-60s right now? 66. I'll have to ask him. I'm going to guess 66. How about you do the math? Do you know what year he was born? No, 64. I think he's 64. This
1: is embarrassing for you.
0: Oof, I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. I remember his 50th birthday, but I was like 14. So yeah, that would put him at like 60. 60 I don't, can't depends I can't when, math right now
1: depends when his birthday is but any <laughs> fucking ways any
0: fucking ways um yeah uh <laughs> we're gonna be talking about the Oort cloud today it's something that I had heard of before the Oort cloud but like didn't really know what it was didn't know what it did like it doesn't really seem like many people care but it's actually one of the coolest things that I'm I think I'm ever gonna talk about on this podcast black holes are pretty cool though but I think this might be equally or slightly better than black Mm-mm. holes for Mm-mm. me. Nope. Okay, probably not actually, but it's still really cool. So uh, so buckle up and get ready for Ew. this fucking sorry. episode.
1: <laughs> strap in your booties.
0: Strap in your booties. Hang
1: on to your butt.
0: Yeah. Put yeah. Uh, Stick
1: both hands and s- just squeeze.
0: Strap in that thong and let's just get ready to go. God. <laughs>
1: Okay, what is it?
0: All right, so, yeah, uh, what what the fuck is the Oort Cloud? So the Oort Cloud was first hypothesized by Jan Oort, spelt Jan, but pronounced Jan. Oh, cool. Hence the name Oort Cloud, Jan Oort. Um, it's the idea that there is a large, spherical-shaped sort of cloud of debris... In, uh, that was originated from the early stages of the solar system that is caught in a gravitational field around the sun.
1: Like the Big Bang? Is that what you're talking about? No. Oh, no, the solar system. Okay, I'm sorry. Right. Our
0: solar, Just our solar system, so we have the sun, mm-hmm. um, and it's like this debris cloud that surrounds the sun, but not close enough to interact with the gravity of Neptune. Does it make sense? What?
1: Wait, what? It doesn't? It's not that big? <laughs> no. That it's, doesn't make sense.
0: It's out, so the Kuiper Belt, familiar with that?
1: We'll talk about it
0: at length because it's actually pretty similar to the Oort Cloud. So the Kuiper Belt is outside of Neptune but Neptune's gravity interacts with the debris of of the Kuiper Belt because it's pretty close in proximity to it. Right. Okay. So this is, I'm saying that it's it's way outside Neptune that it's not affected by Neptune at oh, all.
1: Oh, I'm thinking on the inner side, not the outside. No, the okay, outside. So way outside. Okay, sorry.
0: That's okay. Dumb so, the, you know, thus pulling matter into our solar system and colliding with other planets, becoming a part of their own elliptical orbits, such
1: right. as
0: Pluto is one of those. Um,
1: oh, you mean the planet?
0: No, the object, the Kuiper Belt object. Oh, the planet. The big rock. The planet. Out there that's... No, the object. Planet. So anyway, <clears throat> moving on from that nonsense. Poor let's Pluto.
1: <laughs> Let's imagine... Asked Neil deGrasse Tyson about it.
0: Yeah, he... Well... Okay. He
1: actually... I think he believes Pluto's a planet.
0: No, he was one of the only people that said it wasn't. He got a no. lot of shit for it.
1: Shut the fuck up. The orc cloud's right there. Okay, sorry.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's imagine you take a baseball, right? And you throw it up as high as you can go. No matter how hard you throw it upwards, as a human it will always get caught by earth's gravity and come crashing back down. Now, let's imagine that you achieve escape
1: Even
0: Steve Rogers. Even Steve Rogers. <laughs> now, let's imagine you achieve escape velocity, right? And the base of the baseball and it reaches a point in space where it's equally falling away from earth as it's getting pulled by earth's gravity. That would be about 350 miles up, currently where the ISS is safely orbiting in orbit in orbit yeah so although it's descending back to earth at a very slow rate and by the way it's predicted that the iss will deorbit. orbit in the de-ca- decay
1: the rate of decay it has
0: it's it's not perfect it's yeah. slowly getting sucked in by earth right you yeah know, i think that's called the, the rate
1: of decay sure
0: the rate of decay by uh, of the iss is actually 2031 so we're actually coming up on that <laughs>
1: So what are we going to do? Hope to like net it and it doesn't
0: So it's actually are they going
1: to propel it back outward?
0: No, they're going to let it crash and they're going to decommission it and And then put any, a new one? No. Anything after that is going to be private sector. NASA's not going to fund any more ISS after that. Yeah. So so, so we're fucking... so we're up to Bezos and Elon Musk after that for anything like that. Oh, I Private. have
1: a really stupid question, but actually, who owns the James Webb Telescope? Is that NASA? That's NASA.
0: NASA owns the James Webb Telescope.
1: Is that decaying too, or no?
0: It, everything up there does. Not
1: right? necessarily. Well, yes. It, I mean,
0: it might be hundreds of years. Okay. They probably stuck it in an orbit that's going to last as long as the Hubble did, which is at this rate like fifty to you know probably that's thousands also owned of by years, NASA, right? Yeah.
1: So yeah, it's going to be Musk who's going to send up probably another ISS or an.
0: I doubt Musk will do it. I bet Musk is going to either put—he's going to put—he's going to put something on the moon or Mars. That's his goal. I can't Bezos believe might do it. We're
1: not going to replace the ISS. That blows my mind. Isn't
0: that sad? I, yeah, I learned that like, during this episode. Are... Yeah, no more ISS. But you know, so the ISS right now is funded by the U.S., China, Russia.
1: Right. It's all, all international. Right. It's all like stations.
0: they all contributed to it. Right. So uh, that con- that contribution will no longer be there, but it doesn't mean that China is not going to send up their own ISS, and Which y- is it doesn't gonna mean be that Russia is going to send up their own. But then
1: we're all going to send up our own ISSs. At- I S S S S. Right. I S S. Yes. I S S. Well, it will
0: no longer be international. It will be. It'll
1: be or P S S. The Russian
0: space station, the right. China space station, the U S. space The U S S S. Right. And I doubt the U S. will actually fund that because we're like, yeah, tax dollars. Why, why are we putting nah, in space? Yeah, fucking
1: space. It's not important right yeah, now. Yeah, whatever.
0: Fuck you. Anyway, so wow. going back to Sorry. the baseball thing. So let's um, We're we're imagining that the baseball's in orbit, right? Well, the Oort cloud is no different, except that instead of the baseball achieving escape velocity of Earth's gravity. We're talking about um, millions of tiny little particles and ice that have achieved that same feat, except with the entire solar system's gravity. So, if you take if you take that analogy of the baseball in Earth's gravity, now apply that to an object, but the solar system's total gravity. You have this cloud that's so far out of the solar system that it's caught in the solar system's gravity, but not escaping it. Right? right, So it's actually just... It's not an orbital uh, belt, sort of like the Kuiper belt is, or a planet would be in an elliptical orbit. It's actually a full spherical shape of debris and objects.
1: Actually, it's depicted right there. That's the Oort cloud. The right, two... it's a
0: big sphere yeah. of objects. Yeah, But
1: it's fucking massive.
0: It's, it's incredibly massive. We're actually going to talk about that right now. So cool. interestingly, it's predicted that the range from the closest edge of the Oort cloud to the furthest edge of the Oort cloud is, get ready for this, 2,000 astronomical units, and if you need a refresher on AUs, that is the distance from the sun to earth. Mm-hmm. So 2,000 of those is where it starts. It ends at 100,000 AU. Wow. That's how thick it is. So um, to give you some perspective on how ridiculously large that span is... Voyager 1, which was launched in 1977 and is headed to the furthest reaches of space, is predicted that it will reach the start of the Oort Cloud in 300 more years from today. And just to just to refresh, the how fast Voyager 1 is going is 38,210 miles an hour. So it's traveling that fast and it will still take 300 years to get to the start of the Oort Cloud. But it, it's actually um, the uh, Voyager 1 will be non it won't communicate with earth we're still that
1: communicating point. with it right
0: they're barely barely it's yeah. like we're probably done with it basically at this point right um i think it was voyager one that um ran through saturn's rings or it might have been voyager 2 i'm not sure but anyway the question is because we can't see it it's too dim out there we can barely see the kuiper belt first of all let, let, let's just talk about that because that's actually super close to us um we can barely see the Kuiper belt. We cannot see the Oort cloud. There's no fucking way. No. So, how do we know it exists and how do we know how it was formed? So this, this is a donut in this it. This is really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a yeah, it's actually made up of a giant donut. No. No, uh, there
1: literally is a fucking donut shaped shit in it.
0: Yeah, they uh, yeah. Anyways. So anyway, they uh, simply using a thought experiment, it's actually not difficult to concept the grasp. It makes sense that the total mass of the solar system has a gravitational force to objects outside the solar system. It happens all the time with random objects that enter our solar system. Uh, but the way it was hypothesized is actually going backwards from objects that we currently see. Before we go there, we already know of the Kuiper Belt, which is a... Um, a ring of planetary objects, rocks, ice, debris that orbits just beyond Neptune's orbit and contains larger objects mistaken for planets all the time, such as Pluto. <laughs> I just had to put that in there. <laughs> I just had to put that in there. Jesus and, Christ. And we also know that on occasions, objects in the Kuiper Belt can be flung out into orbit and potentially cause asteroids to come towards tra- crashing towards Earth or other planets. Um, but what about long period comets? So long long period comets such as C22E3, the green comet mm-hmm, that yeah. we just saw uh come through. And if you haven't seen that that that's something that Sucks just to came through. the fucking
1: be you. Yeah, you it, missed it. It's
0: it's on a 50,000 year elliptical orbit. Um
1: Yeah, you guys you should have gone out and see. I think we pre-warned everybody expansively about it.
0: Pretty much. If you follow us on Instagram, you couldn't have missed it. Mm-hmm. And we even gave you where in the sky to look, on what days. Like, we were very detailed about it. So anyway. Right. Um, the Kuiper Belt is close enough for us to actually view objects inside of them sometimes. Um, but it is the f- on its furthest orbit from the sun. That green comet is way too far for us to see. It's on a 50,000-year trajectory. Um, and if we calculate its trajectory, then it's proposed to originate from the Oort cloud. Halley's comet is also proposed to originate from the Oort cloud, but its orbit has been shortened throughout the millions of years it's been in orbit, that it's actually considered a Kuiper Belt object now.
1: Oh, okay. So it was Oort cloud, now it's Kuiper.
0: Right. Simply put, and this is the part that just goes, the Oort cloud right. is the source of all known comets. Yeah. That is where all comets come from. Supposedly. The Oort cloud. Oh, yeah. no, definitely. Supposedly. Definitely.
1: Okay.
0: It's, it's again, one of those things In that... Is our
1: solar system only? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Not forever, like... Well, yeah. Okay. I can... Yes, then yes. I can definitely, but I'm like, right. every solar system, every galaxy? All
0: So, no. all known comets, which are only the ones that we know of from Earth...
1: Our solar system. Our
0: our solar system originated yeah. first from the Oort cloud.
1: Okay, that's So,
0: fair. here's sort of the scientific hypothesis of why that is, right? So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's not. I'm not just saying this to say it. Right. Yeah, so this actually makes a lot of sense because objects that illuminate color when they fly by, comets, only do so because of the type of environment they have on their surface, right? Right. And when they get closer to the sun, they burn off that surface and illuminate color. No surprise there. Right. But since the origins are from the Oort Cloud, the environment is proposed to be icy and cold. It's the furthest object we know uh, it's the furthest objects that we know of and the furthest from the sun or anything that could potentially heat them up so they're they're sitting out there dormant in this cloud and they build up this environment of um they build up this environment of cold icy dense objects and they eventually collide with each other back and forth. And then forth. get
1: ejected out. And
0: then they, yeah, if, if they get nudged towards our solar system over a long period of time, they create this elliptical orbit. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they get close to the sun, they burn up their atmosphere into right. large colors right? comets. So yes. literally millions of comets are just lying dormant in the Oort cloud, waiting to be nudged towards our solar system into large elliptical orbits. And some of them stay in those orbits, like Halley's Comet, over millions of years. Of course, Halley's Comet has been... In orbit for so long that it's come closer and closer and closer right eventually it will Collide. no longer be a comet and some comets actually get an elliptical orbit so close to the sun that they're only one time burn-ups yeah i can't remember which one i read about it i didn't want to go down that rabbit hole because there's a lot of them there's so many of them that like we could just go on and on so anyway how do we think the cloud actually got there how did it become formed it's actually Pretty much. It's actually pretty fascinating. Um, In the earliest stages of the birth of the universe as we know it, so 4.6 billion years ago, we were swimming in a primordial soup of rocks and molten planets being formed for the first time. Giant rocks smashing into each other, spewing their guts into orbit. Okay, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Absolute chaos. Yeah. In the center, our sun is burning, and all around it, bigger and bigger... Collections of rocks take precedence over other smaller rocks flying by, capturing them in their massive and ever-growing gravitational pulls. This is the birth of our planets. The winner of this primordial battle is Jupiter, taking the most amount of debris away from everything else in the entire solar system in its birth.
1: Wait, side note, we, without Jupiter, we wouldn't probably exist. Didn't they prove that? That Jupiter protects us so significantly? Oh,
0: definitely. Because of Jupiter's formation and where it is in our solar system, we it, would like, be smacked by Kuiper Belt objects so constantly. frequently that we probably may, might have not ever existed. But,
1: yeah, Jupiter swerves that shit and collects it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's because... It's
1: the s- ultimate swerve. Yeah,
0: basically. <laughs> Jupiter's so big and massive, and it's Ugh. thank God it's on the outside of our orbit and not on the inside or anywhere else, that it actually protects us so good so well... From other outside objects. Right. That it's actually, we're pretty much alive because of Jupiter.
1: Right. So Jupiter Less. as it
0: sits today is 2.5 times more than all the mass combined of the other planets. So take the mass of all the other planets, right. combine them together, multiply that total mass by 2.5 and you get Jupiter's total mass. Right. All the debris that didn't get swallowed up from the guts of other planets, called planetesimals, by the way, when, you, when an object smacks into a planet and it breaks off and all the debris comes off. Those are called planetesimals. That's cool. Isn't that neat? Um, they're flung out into space, right? So let's say an asteroid hits, you know, we're talking about the early stages of the Earth's being born. Uh, a giant piece of debris comes crashing into Earth and it just spews its guts all over the solar system. Some of those guts fling out into space, achieving escape velocity from our solar system, okay? And in every direction. From large to small collisions, for the next 3 to, 3.8 to 4 billion years, this debris either escapes entirely, or gets caught and stayed stagnant, creating the Oort Cloud. So the issue is, um, it's so far away and so dim that any modern telescope can't see it. But we know it's there by studying long-term comets and their chemical makeups tell us a lot about the birth of our own solar system. If we were to get our hands on a long-term comet and touch the surface of one, well, first of all, we would die <laughs> because a lot of them are very They're volatile. They're like toxic
1: metals and shit.
0: Right. Um, but casting that aside, um, we would be touching the same rock that smashed into another planet at the conception of our solar system. It's a planetesimal, basically. Yes. Um, it would also contain some of the same chemicals that are responsible for the origins of life.
1: So you're technically saying all comets are planetesimals.
0: They definitely are. Cool. Yeah. So basically the... They have to
1: come from somewhere. It only right. makes sense.
0: The, the proposed... I mean, everything is. The moon is a planetesimal, technically. Right. Right. So. Right.
1: Well, yeah. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen that, like, little um, depiction on IG or TikTok on how the moon was formed, it's right. pretty good.
0: Yeah. It's basically all the planetesimals that couldn't escape Earth's gravity mm-hmm. collected. That's the yes. moon. That's crazy. It's so cool. Falcon. So, um... A comet's color can tell us a lot about the chemical makeup of a comet. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that when it, when certain chemicals burn, they emit certain colors, such right. as green, for instance, on the on the other one. That's mm-hmm. due to an effect of the sunlight on diatomic carbon mm-hmm. and cyanogen, I think is how it's pronounced. Um, that was the chemical makeup of that green comet that we saw.
1: C2, C22E3, whatever. Yes. Like yep.
0: Um, So this is why chemistry is so important, by the way. Um, The Mm -hmm. more we understand about the chemical interactions we have with the universe and how they affect certain things, the more we could potentially extrapolate the the potential origins of life or other big questions of the universe. Right. All right. So moving on from that. Other than comets, just like the Kuiper belt, it also contains what's called trans-Neptunian objects. Um, Those are planets that orbit the sun but further away than neptune's um, internal orbit. So all post-
1: within the Kuiper belt itself is that what you're saying? No. Are they outside of the Kuiper belt?
0: Way outside the Kuiper belt.
1: Like in the Oort cloud there's planets. So that's yes. where planet X is right now.
0: Probably actually. Actually almost <laughs> almost definitely. So what's what's really cool about this? Yeah. So it's really cool about this. And I'll post a picture on our Instagram to follow along. So I posted a picture of Pluto in its uh, current orbit. So as you can see, this is the Kuiper belt outside of Neptune. Mm
1: -hmm. Neptune
0: is the blue line. And on occasions, Pluto comes with inside of Neptune's orbit, right? And then back outside of it. For the most part, it's outside of it. Right. But Pluto's not considered a trans-Neptunian object because it goes inside its own orbit. But there are planets that we know of. That are that that um, that orbit the sun, but never go within that um, range. So the most notable among these planets is something that we discovered in two thousand and three called Sedna. It's a minor planet designation, so considered to be a dwarf planet, the same as Pluto. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a planet. Um, oh, like Pluto? No,
1: you just admitted it. <laughs> just like Pluto? It's a dwarf, and, but planet. it is a planet.
0: Right. But just keep that in your mind. It's, it is a planet. So in the outermost reaches of the solar system, discovered in 2003, spectroscopy has revealed mm-hmm. that Sedna's surface composition is a largely a mixture of water, methane, and nitrogen ices um, with tholins. I don't really know what that is. Is
1: that, that PTH? Is. I can't remember.
0: Okay. The term tholin was coined by Carl Sagan, described to be difficult to characterize substance. Substances they obtained... Okay, it's it's like a methane-containing gas mixture. It's just a like a chemical makeup basically. Okay. So similar to some of those, um, similar to those of some other trans-Neptunian objects. So just like Pluto, where its origins come from the Kuiper Belt, it's speculated that Sedna originates back to the Oort cloud on its furthest elliptical orbit. So I'll, I'll post another picture on Instagram. So follow along. Make sure you follow along. But this is Sedna's current orbit.
1: That's Planet X.
0: So it's outside of Neptune, outside of Pluto, but it comes close enough for us to actually view it with a telescope. We can see it. When? But on its right now, we can see it. So oh. No. It's, it's on, so its trajectory is extremely long. Uh, very so apparent. it's, it's just happens to be closest to us right now, among with many others.
1: We just got lucky. We just
0: got lucky. This
1: is a lucky time to be alive.
0: For Sedna it is, yeah. So Sedna has the second longest orbital period of any known object in our solar system right now, for now. For now. Uh, and, uh
1: that's, uh... that's crazy. How do they predict these orbits? That's something I don't know. Well, if you watch it, it for fast, long enough. And how fast it's moving, right. and you have to take in gravity, and then all sorts of other fucking... Fa- There's got to be a zillion factors.
0: Uh, it's not as many as you think. I mean, Einstein's gravitational uh, calculations you could just go online right now plug in you know where it was here and then in 20 years check it again and then get its full elliptical orbit pretty accurate
1: oh it just takes time
0: right in fact Halley's comet was um, predicted as early as the late 1700s before Mm -hmm. Einstein's existence
1: Mm.
0: so it's not it's not as bad as you think
1: okay fine whatever
0: but it's you know, it's
1: still it, wild science, to me, at least. Oh,
0: definitely. Um, so it's calculated at around 11,400 years for one full orbit of, this, of Sedna. Wow. So it's hard to track it. You know, when it starts heading back to the Oort cloud, we'll no longer be able to see it because it's not even close to the sun. Right. You know, we're basically dealing with a, almost a rogue planet that, you know, on, eh. its, on its furthest reaches. Right. Um, the first one, by the way, note I just wanted to note it because it's actually... It's just mind-blowing how far away this thing is. So you saw Sedna's um, orbit, yeah. orbit which is just way out there. Right. There's another one that is the furthest one that we've calculated so far called Lelaka, Lelako Kahuna, which you could probably guess where that was discovered.
1: Yeah.
0: Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. And um, that orbit, so that Sedna is this one, and this is it, its current orbit. So it's it's like almost it's probably about it's double the size least, of Sedna yeah, and Sedna about. is just mind-blowingly far so it makes me wonder how many other planets orbit the sun that are currently on their furthest trajectory planet x uh that we don't know of yet
1: planet x, planet x, planet x, planet x. that we don't know of yet
0: um you know because of potentially longer periods of orbit or our solar system
1: planet x interacts with uranus not neptune right which is interesting is that what we figured out
0: Yeah, the tugs on that one. The tugs of um, of Uranus. Yeah, not Neptune. Right.
1: Okay. Okay, keep going. Sorry.
0: So anyway, um, moving on from that. So basically, the Oort cloud is the birth of all comets. It has Mm -hmm. planets that Mm -hmm. orbit our sun. Yes. Within close proximity of our solar system. Yes. Close enough for us to observe them. Yes. So what does it mean for us on Earth about learning more about the the Oort cloud? Okay. So. This is also very important to know, because while comets are cool, much like an asteroid, they could potentially fall into orbit uh, that intersects with Earth, so we have to keep an eye on this thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Although it's very statistically unlikely, in fact, it's actually so unlikely that you'd probably win the lottery two times in a row before we get smacked by an Oort cloud asteroid. Right. um, It's important for us to pay attention to. Luckily for us, most objects that originate from the Oort cloud are very cold and dense, and like and likely emit some sort of color when it gets closer and closer to the sun uh so chances are likely that we'd see it coming well in advance in fact nasa has an entire division dedicated to identifying studying and deflecting objects in space that pose a threat to us i
1: figured it's called deflecting cool yeah
0: it's called the dart program
1: oh nice yeah
0: so recently you might have heard of it because it hit the news i think Mm a couple months ago it's called the double asteroid redirection test yeah and that was the first time we ever tested um redirecting an asteroid so in 2022 nasa nasa's first attempt at redirecting an asteroid one that was no threat to us just we were testing out to see uh, if we
1: could
0: yeah let's uh, see if we could it, we tested to see how the impact would affect the orbit of a moon-like partner it had and with that collision we could easily study the orbit of its uh, partner mm-hmm. m- moon type thing um, which would tell us about how hard we hit it thus giving us the foundation for calculating much larger or smaller objects that we could redirect out of our trajectory. Right. Um, and just to ease your mind, if you're freaking out, like, holy shit, we're going to get hit by an asteroid. You should um, be thinking
1: about that constantly, actually.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you would think it would have, You'd have you. think that we'd have to absolutely obliterate an asteroid to get rid of it, but it's actually no, much less significant. No, just a little
1: push, like a little boop, just to redirect it outside of its, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, you don't need
1: to fucking nuke it.
0: Yeah, basically, if we detected one of these things and we were like, "Oh shit, this is actually on a crash so course a nub to Earth," or we do- nudge. Right, we don't have to hit it um, and redirect it about one degree.
1: Yeah, a little for nudge. it
0: for it to matter, even probably less depending on how far away it It'd is. It'd be a
1: more of a loss of equipment, resources, and time. I feel like.
0: Mm, I don't know. I mean, but worth sa- it. Obviously, saves the Earth. So. Right, it's
1: worth. Uh, not saying it's not, but right. that would be a bigger deal than actually redirecting
0: it is, right so. so um so yeah it's pretty cool um so it's important for for us on earth to study this thing so we have future and current missions to the Oort cloud right now cool. so about five missions have ever been launched towards the Oort cloud but we're prioritized for first as much larger more impactful missions such mm-hmm. as voyager 1 voyager 2 pioneer 10 pioneer 11 and new horizons mm-hmm. those are all
1: new horizons is the most recent
0: yep okay. most recent because they're that list is from beginning to current right, basically right. um voyager one it will be the first actual technical mission to the Oort cloud but as we, we said we won't
1: have any communication with it right
0: and it'll take about 300 years More. Um, starting today it'll take 300 years so
1: yeah
0: In the 80s, there was a spacecraft considered for such a mission called the TAU, T-A-U, or the Thousand Astronomical Unit Spacecraft. Mm -hmm. It was designed as a long-distance mission to cover 1,000 astronomical units in 50 years. Unfortunately, the interest in going towards the Oort Cloud in the early uh, early 90s diminished all of its funding and never launched. So basically, the government was like, yeah, we're not funding this. The Oort Cloud doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. We don't really care. So, for now, the Oort Cloud is just way too far out to send anything to it in a reasonable time. In our
1: lives, right? Right. Right.
0: However, in 2014, NASA proposed another mission um, called the Whipple mission to explore the Kuiper Belt and eventually the Oort Cloud. The mission was the idea of an earthbound observatory for detecting Kuiper Belt objects and Oort Cloud objects with a range of approximately 10,000 AUs. Um, so well within the Oort cloud's An range
1: Earth-bound observatory okay yes
0: yeah. so technically this would use the idea of looking at distant stars such as alpha centauri for example which is a star just outside the Oort cloud
1: you mean just inside the Oort cloud
0: just outside of it get ready yeah just outside the Oort cloud that's the
1: like the back end right the the deep space side yeah okay okay
0: so and there's a reason for that um and finding objects that pass in front of them, diminishing their light. so Exactly how we find uh, planets.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, except, except the difference is when we look at a planet, we're looking for a star that has a constant diminish in return because we know it has an orbit. Right. Thus having a planet. Right. For the Kuiper Belt and Oort Cloud objects, we're looking for that diminish just one time. <laughs> so it's very difficult to do. Yeah. Because it's, it's obviously we're not going to, I mean, the... If you, yeah, it's just not gonna happen. There's no way that an object would pass more than once in front of a star uh, in the Oort cloud. It's just way too big, right? Um. So unfortunately, again, NASA never took on this project. However, it did receive some funding, and it's not been built yet. But it is still being funded, so it could be something we could have in the future. Um. So another thing, mission, not really, but like. Something that we're kind of keeping our eyes peeled out for, especially with the new James Webb Telescope, is if our solar system has an Oort cloud, then what's stopping other solar systems from having them as well? If we could have our, if we could somehow identify them, it would be almost conclusive evidence that it's a normal formation of solar systems. It and, only
1: makes sense, right? Especially with all these like dark energy, dark matter, so blots between everything, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we, we could easily deduce that we probably have one ourselves. Unfortunately, uh, at interstellar distances, they're far too dim to actually mm-hmm. see. So we can't just throw the James Webb telescope at the Oort cloud and say, good luck, they're too right. dim. However, if we were able to identify comets orbiting other star systems, which we have not done yet, then we could assume that they have some sort of cloud of debris that orbits them as well. It's a very hard problem to solve, but if we were able to have James Webb telescope identify a comet that's outside of our solar system then we could deduce that or clouds are more similar clouds exist right so um random thoughts so while i was sort of studying this um i had some of my own thoughts and just things that popped into my head so here's that uh it would be so this is something that I don't think anybody's ever considered, but it would be a huge issue for spacecraft traveling close to the speed of light. So if we kind of, like, imagine um, the, uh, what do you call that show? Um, that, Star Trek? Thank you, Star Trek. Um, Star Trek, you know how they, like, you know, they're like, oh, we're going to go to this galaxy, and they, you know, beam close to the speed of light, and they go flying through the solar system. Right. Um, we often think that space is just full of emptiness. Right, but if this cloud exists, and we're pretty sure it does, if you took that spacecraft and you went close to the speed of light, you'd crash right through that or cloud, and it would be catastrophic at that speed. Right? There would be if debris hitting you. And
1: planets in there, yes. Planets,
0: debris, ice, just chunks of everything in there. Right. Um, so that's something we never really consider: is like, you know, sending an object outside of our solar system can be potentially dangerous because we're going to hit this Oort cloud. And I know there's several like. Um, depictions of this in like um, uh, what do you call it? Science fiction movies and stuff where they hit like, they're like diving through
1: asteroid asteroid fields.
0: belts and yeah. and that's actually you know probably pretty,
1: more accurate. Pro- yeah, probably a pretty dense accurate is thing. How this cloud? That's we what have, I want to know. We have no fucking exactly. idea. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So for 20, 29,000 astronomical units long. Uh, It would surely crash into something, um, you know, causing some some major damage. So it'd be something to consider. But it's also hard to tell because it's, you know, very vast. We have no idea. It could be it could be extremely vast or very dense. Mm -hmm. Um, And another thing that pops into my head is, um, you know, much like the formation of our own solar system, who's to say that these objects, because if they contain mass, they contain gravity, Mm -hmm. are not forming something bigger. In there, You know, in the cloud, mm-hmm. you know, it could be that like a small pebble, you know, collides with another pebble because they have mass and that pebble becomes a little bigger and that, you mm-hmm. know, puts more things together. For all we know, there could be a gigantic fucking planet out there
1: mm-hmm. in the
0: Oort cloud. Just it's not caught in our own solar system yet. Right. Because we don't know.
1: It blows my mind that we haven't. I mean, we look at distant galaxies.
0: Right. But the, the, the common the common thing with that is that there's always a star. Mm-hmm emitting light, right. illuminating I know,
1: those I just, I, you would think at this point we would hit like a blip of something. You would think.
0: We haven't really looked. And the problem is every time we're like, hey, uh, NASA, can you fund this so we can go look? They're like, nah, we don't really care. That's the issue. It's hard. It's a really hard problem to solve. It's like looking into a dark room and trying to illuminate it.
1: Come on, Elon Musk.
0: Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, we'll just send something right. out there. Okay, well, in 500 years we'll you know, maybe check back. Hopefully, if
1: I know, yeah,
0: you know, it's crazy. So it's 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 cool because it's like something we know it exists and something that contains you know it's the origin of all comets. It has planets in it. It's so cool, but it's just not fucking bright enough, and it's way too far away. Right. So it's uh, it's definitely interesting, and there definitely could be actual planets out there. Right. That's it. That's the Oort cloud. That's the whole fucking thing.
1: It's incredible. Pretty
0: much everything we know about it.
1: It's cool but it's frustrating.
0: Yeah. So again, I'll post these pictures on our Instagram because yeah. you really get yeah. a sense of like Sedna, especially when I saw it, I was like, Holy shit, that trajectory.
1: What do you know how long it is? Did Sedna? It, yeah, how long the orbit is? Yeah, I
0: said it. It was um uh eleven thousand four hundred years for one orbit. Of oh, Sedna. so it's
1: less than the C twenty twenty two E three. That's isn't that fifty thousand? Fifty thousand years. Yeah. And that's a comet, yeah. Right.
0: So that's Sedna, uh, basically was a planet that got pushed into orbit by something or slowly just
1: decayed into us.
0: Right. Um, and then now is, now is an actual, is it has an actual elliptical orbit that goes around and around, around the sun. Um, the comet is no different except it's, it's orbit is just way longer. Right. That's, that's how we kind of calculate how thick the Oort cloud is, is based off those elliptical orbits. If we can calculate Sedna's in this other one, mm-hmm. Leila K- K- <laughs> Um, then we can be like, okay, well, Sedna, you know, is in the Oort Cloud and this one's in the Oort Cloud. And we kind of just draw this, like, line of how thick this thing is. And it's fucking massive mm-hmm. based off the comets we've seen. I mentioned earlier that there's these one-time comets. Because obviously not every object is going to have a perfect elliptical orbit around the sun. It's going to head straight at the sun or very close. And burn up. And burn up. And yeah, some of these comets, if you look them up, we're not going to go over them in this episode, but some of these comets, they burn up quick, they've been observed, and then they just, on their way out, we've observed them and they're like, holy shit, that comet's fucked. It's never coming back. Mm -hmm. Like it's either going to, that was either it's burn up or um, it's going to just escape and hit another planet or
1: mm-hmm. wherever
0: else it goes might just end up in the Kuiper belt who knows right but yeah it's very fascinating so what do you think pretty it's,
1: cool yeah it's very cool yeah i can totally get behind it i just the only thing i'm like why have we not i don't know i know why i just it's annoying
0: yep it's it's really hard to
1: it's very i feel like this is very it. important
0: it is extremely so anytime you guys ever see a comet in your life, just know that we've, it came from the Oort depicted Cloud.
1: depicted other galaxies and solar systems, though. Mm-hmm. How would we not see this surrounding them? Maybe because it's so far out. It's in the dark matter that we visualize between it.
0: Well, just, just there's like...
1: there's no light coming that can right. go that far out. Yeah. So annoying!
0: Right. The, pro- the problem is the gravity from any solar system is going to have you know it's escape velocity that area that it doesn't that debris sits Mm -hmm. in orbit like a large orbit is so far away that it cannot be illuminated at all
1: right i know i know it's just
0: (laughs) anyway um so if you guys have any future suggestions for episodes feel free to hit us up at starman's Starman's
1: Podcast. podcast
0: At gmail dot or, uh, or visit our link and um, there's lots of cool stuff. Join our
1: Patreon. Join our
0: Patreon. You can get some swag. Some
1: oh, swag. Swag.
0: Sh- um, uh, you know, help us out. Uh, Follow that'd us be cool. on TikTok, Instagram, Instagram on TikTok.
1: Starman's podcast. Do it.
0: And join us for future episodes. We don't know what we're going to talk about next.
1: I have... It's going to be a a mystery. I'm in a lull right now. I don't know what my next topic is going to be, embarrassingly enough.
0: It's going to be good, though. You can guarantee that. You can guarantee that. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right?
1: Yeah. (sighs) Maybe. It's going to be great. Well, I'll find out. Stay stay tuned. Stay tuned.
0: I hate that. I hate that so much. Stay tuned for the... Up next on Star Mint's podcast.
1: Up next.
0: Oh my god. (laughs) Uh, This is sponsored by us. Go join our Patreon, please. Please join our Patreon. Okay, I love you guys. We're we're, we're, goodbye.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.